Welcome to Tell the People with your host, Heather Robinson. Each week, I'll be exploring interesting topics with people who are change makers in the world. If you have a desire to learn like I do, then tune in, be enlightened, raise your awareness, and just have fun. Come on, listen as my guests tell the people all about what sets their soul on fire as they lead and inspire others. Hi, and welcome to Tell the People um, with your host, Heather Robinson, and my guest today is Curtis Heron, founder of The Unconditional Man. The Unconditional Man is an online and in-person community that celebrates, embraces, and develops the attributes of the divine masculine. Curtis is based in Edmonton, Canada, and I am so happy to have you here today to talk about this, how our society is, excuse me, is shifting as the divine masculine and the divine feminine come in line and how the unconditional man, it's the era of the unconditional man. So welcome, Curtis. Welcome. And tell me, um, what was your inspiration for the unconditional man community? Why now? Why this? Oh, well, this is a, it's an incredible story and actually kind of a powerful story. Uh, I've always been a misfit in my life uh, and didn't quite fit in. Um, uh, in fact, my, one of my all-time ever favorite shows is The Island of Misfit Toys. Um, if you remember the, 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 anima, the animation kind of series, uh, because I resonated with that, that, that thing. Um, and it's because I, I've always been a little bit different, a little bit out there. And yet I'm all man, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't resonate with my brothers who were very machismo and, you know, sort of that, you know, chest beating, hairy knuckle, knuckle dragging kind of, kind of guy. I just, just didn't, I mean, I could do my sports talk, but only for so long. Sometimes I need to sit down and have a really deep, meaningful conversation. And I wasn't getting that from my brother. So I am I, am I a real man or what, what is a real man? What does that really look like? And so most of my life and my life work has been actually finding my own purpose. And because of the kind of guy I am, I tend to attract a lot of um, women friends as friends. Uh, And there's something about me. I, I really don't know what it is, but I just accept it that people just naturally open up. And so my friends who are women, naturally open up i become one of the girls but i'm but i'm a guy and and i'm hearing stories that left my jaw on the floor and my heart just uh like broken open because i i kept hearing these stories about what men did and how men were treating these women these friends of mine and then my mama bear comes out because I, I need to, or my, or my father bear really to put it in more con- better context comes out going, how do I protect my friends? How do I change this? And it was a question that I just, I had no answer because me as a person is actually very, very inter- introverted. I'm very, very private. I, I, I get my energy by being alone. I would much rather disappear in the woods. I'm one of those guys I could I could live alone for a year and I'd be very happy. Um, I, I would prefer the right kind of people with me, but I but I could, I could totally do it by myself. And um, 
And then one day, um, I was in the north of France on, on a corporate retreat doing some strategy planning for my own business. And it was, it was a room full of pretty significant people and powerful players and, and just incredibly intuitive hearts. Men and women alike, but all of them just, you know, there a lot of would be names you might recognize uh, over the internet. And I presented my idea, my concept, my vision for my business for the year. And all of them kind of looked at me and went, no, that's not it. That's not, that's no, that's not it. And I've become really close friends with, uh, with, with one lady in particular and we, because we shared family lineage history. Uh, her kids had tea at our next door neighbor's house every day after school in a home that was part of my family lineage in this tiny, small little town in Oxfordshire. So we connected at a very interesting level. And, and she leans over, whispers in my ear, it says, no, you're supposed to do work with men. Hmm. And it had nothing to, nothing to do with, with, with what I was planning to do. <laughs> Like it was complete mind blow, mind shift, and and the way it was presented to me, um, it felt like rejection. It felt like not good enough, because what I presented was not good enough. I was not worthy of being things. It was a beautiful, inspired download from the from God, the universe, spirit, um, whatever language you choose to use. Um, and it came through these magnificent people, um, but it didn't. It didn't take away from the shock. I actually burst out in tears in that moment in front of everybody, public display. Uh, uh, I couldn't talk. I could barely breathe. I fell out of my chair trying to leave the room, and I went for a two and a half hour, some odd, or three hour, or four hour walk you know, in the in this countryside of north of France just to get away from the energy because something something hit hard in that moment and it took all of that time whatever again whatever the length of time was it was hours um before i could even go back into that room and show my face because you know, i humiliated myself in front of me i broke down i was fully vulnerable as a man uh, and uh, it didn't feel good from that standpoint. And yet, when I look back in that moment, it was so pivotal because that opened my eyes to what my friends, the, the, the ladies in my life who are so important to me as friends, and, and the, the, the abuse, the violation, the trauma that they'd experienced at the hand of man, all came together in realizing, oh my God, this is because I find it so vile what, how my friends were treated how could I do it? And yet here is this gift that just literally shot me in the heart in my very ego. And that's what it was. It shot me in my, in my ego uh, that I had to do something, but now I had to do something that was even harder. I had to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. I had to actually understand what I needed to do to start being a voice of something better. And that was three years ago. In that three-year journey, it, is, it has been a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of deep work. Um, um, I still don't know that I could actually describe what doing the work means, but damn, do you have to do the work? 
<laughs> and it's not and it's not easy um it's very painful uh but it's so worth it it's um, not linear it's not no <laughs> it, it, it's not and you have to let go and, and and you know let go and especially as a man you have to learn to let go of so many different things so so what inspired it was that it was, it was my friendship with with incredible people so you know some were loved some some were our, our friends nothing more but but still like that probably means more to me actually but we'll go out for a glass of wine we'll uh, i'll go shopping with them because i don't shop but uh, <laughs> uh but you know we'll just hang out and and i that nurture is a part of my my personal need of having deeper connection with the people around me that's that goes deeper than the, the sports scores or who the stats of such and such a player or um some sort of tr trash talk i can have fun with that kind of stuff for a little while but still need that depth and i wasn't getting it from any men friends so so that came came about in, you know in a very organic way but i would say that you know that organic way was very divinely inspired it was truly like it came down in powerful rushes it came through in small little trickles one of the most powerful pivotal moments was shortly after my ex and i had decided to to split and go to go the, the divorce way um I was standing alone in our in our we were still together in the, in the same house at that moment I was standing alone in our house you know, in front of this giant mirror in our foyer and i was looking at the mirror and my kids are at school and she was off at work and and i looked in the mirror and all i saw in that mirror was me nobody else no friends no it was only me and of course, you know, physically, I'm the only person in the house. Of course, I'm the only person in the mirror. But that's not what I saw. What I saw was that all of my friends were her friends. Ah. She was my friend. And I realized that one of the first things I needed to do was actually develop a deeper sense of my own community around me. And and mine, like not hers, not somebody else's, not any new relationships that would ultimately come to pass going, considering the path that we we're heading down. Um, but my friends, ones that truly connect with me as me and how and who I am. And uh, that's, it sort of comes to, you know, the, the, there, there's a song about this. I won't, I won't feed it, but um, you know, it, it was all about that man who was standing alone in the mirror mm -hmm. and, uh, and nurturing that community because what I realized about myself over the past three to five years is there's a lot of men like me, but we're, pardon my language, we're hell of good hiders. <laughs> yeah. we, we do not come out of the shadows easily. Because when we do, we're shot down. I've been called or accused of being gay or whatever you want. I, mean, I have been called you know, gay back, you know, and, uh, because I'm a very caring, nurturing person. And I present very differently. But I am very heterosexual. I am very mad. Um, but I present differently. And I don't present in that same, same way. And so I hid. I stayed in the shadows where it was safe. I was not put in a place where I could be shot at or shot down or 
uh, and, uh, and women did the same thing, but it, it was men that did more of the damage. And through my conversations with my friends and how much damage women had experienced, uh, I realized I'd had, she's had similar stories myself mm-hmm. with the same kind of man, not the same man, but the same kind of man. And, uh, and as I started thinking more about it and, con- and having conversations like we're having right now, I realized it was, um, there's, a, there's a lot of things that we as humans go through in our, from birth to whatever age we are. And, and it shows up in so many different ways that's unique, but there are some common patterns. Women tend to build up layers of protection. So they become a little bit like an onion. There's, there's layers upon layers of stuff that they eventually have to peel off. Men, it's a little different. It's a little more like, uh, like, more like concrete. Uh, it's it's the cement, it's the lime, it's the, the gravel, the sand, the water, the rebar. And so we, our, our layers are much more of a concretion. It's, a, it's there's not so much, a, it's very hard and very random. Um, and so we actually have to chunk through that. So when we're doing the work, it really is work. If you can think of a hammer or a chisel and you have to, ch- you know, to chisel out big chunks or small chunks and whatever may come out. Um, it's not as clean and simple as this peel back a little layer of the onion. Oh, good. That, that one's done. <laughs> Carry on. No, there's just a whole, a divot, a chunk, a bunch of dust, <laughs> and a whole and a whole lot of work and not feeling like you're going anywhere. And, and then I've done a lot of work in project management over the years of my career and, and, and businesses. And, and it's always been around the conditions that those businesses and the people experience. And that's when my light bulb went off. I went, oh, these conditions that we go through in our life create those layers or this concretion, this concrete mass uh, that are actually are the issue. And it's also these conditions that we're exposed to that cause us how, how we present because how we present the actions we take, the behaviors that we have, which are physical manifestation of our actions. The mask. mask <laughs> yeah, the mask. Well, it can be a mask. It could also be your true, vulnerable, authentic self. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but you have to understand yourself to be able to, to choose which one. If you don't choose, then the mask chooses for itself. Mm-hmm. And what, what drives that is our thoughts and our feelings from our past experiences mm-hmm. that, that drive those, those, those behaviors. Um, and if we can change our experience of those conditions that we had when we reflect on our life and look at them in a very different way, it's a reframe, it's a relearning, it's a, it's a, it's a, a reloving, um, it's a whole lot of different tools. There's, there's so many different uh, uh, modalities available nowadays uh, to to work on that because at the end of the day a lot of those conditions that we go through are trauma they are they're expressed or felt and received as some form of trauma uh, maybe not the big ones like yeah. war and all that stuff but but little ones Sorry, good you have something to say yeah, and and trauma big or small trauma that you experience in your in each of our own lifestyle lifetimes but also generational trauma like it 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 is encoded in our dna um to be just just as addiction or um a propensity to have um 
uh, sensitivity to alcohol or drugs or um, depression. Uh, it, trauma is in our is in our family heritage. Absolutely. And if we look at our family heritage, as you and I discussed um, on our deep dive for however many hours before this. Um, <laughs> Our DNA is just, our family trauma is not just my grandmother, my grandfather, my great, my great, great, my great, great, but it's our, our entire human culture. And um, I love the discussion we had about, you know, primates being cavemen and men wake up, they go, they leave the cave, they go fight or flight all day long. You know, am I going to be killed by a mastodon or am I going to kill a mastodon? Am I going to find the fish or am I not going to be able to catch it? And the women build community caring for the for the young ones and for each other to keep the civilization going. And men come home at night and they bring meat or they don't bring meat. And the wife goes, so how big was the mastodon? What did it look like? And he's like, honey, God, I just I, can I just can I just have some beef jerky and pass out? Like I'm just tired and I've been, I've been running. And so we don't, the trauma, we, the woman may never understand that trauma that was experienced because we were in, we were over here doing what, what we were supposed to be doing all day. That's and right. um, it, it's not, it's not an excuse anymore for us to say, well, that's just how men are. And that's how women are. Yeah. that we we we're here together we're supposed to be in in community whether it's harmonious friend and twin flame relational community whether it's passionate love i'm not i'm not assigning gender roles but each person has a each each person has a balance of masculine and feminine inside them that's and when we are in balance, we are a whole person. Yep. And when we are in balance, then we attract people, community, who, who are in balance with us, or we model that. And it is a disservice to men that being, being in a community of like-minded, touchy-feely people, that's not been the masculine thing. It's, hey, let's go play, like you and I were discussing how hard it is for men to find their community and be vulnerable. You can be surface, but you don't share certain levels of that concrete. Like you, you hit a chunk and then the other person may go, whoa, 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 we're not going to, you're not coming at me with feelings. I just wanted to talk about Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about his marriage. I want to talk about Tom Brady. Um, but, and women, are so different. I met someone last week, connected on social media. We talked about doing business together, met her for coffee. We talked for two hours, did some business development. And I said, oh my gosh, I've had so much fun. You are like sunshine. Let's go to lunch on Sunday and drink mimosas and eat pancakes. And she's like, okay. And men don't, do, men don't get to do that on a north, like that. Most we, do, we do get to, we do get to. We don't think of doing it. We don't think of doing it. And this is part of where the removing of conditions, you know, it's part of when I speak of being unconditional, it's, it's a tongue in cheek thing because 
um, my friendships with women and, and you know, every romance movie novel ever made has been this desire to have an experience, unconditional love. Uh, so it, there is a tongue in cheek nod to that because the journey to achieving that or, or stepping into that pathway uh, is actually shedding the conditions that hold us back. It is shedding the, the programming that we, that we've encountered, which goes back all the way to caveman days. Um, and it's, it's genetic, it's generational, it's, it's karmic, it's cosmic. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's very, very holistic, but it's, but it's learning to be aware of what's going on that we can start making different choices based on what we know we need and what we know we want and learning to accept where we are, where, what we're going through, uh, what the person we're interacting with needs and what they're going through. Um, there's just so many things that come up to my mind about how that, you know, what, what could be shared on that. I don't, we don't, we'd have to have a, an all day long podcast, if not a, maybe all week long podcast, but, <laughs> but um, you know, there, there's that, 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 that coming to, to awakening kind of a, a journey. Um, it's not part of the, of a typical man's toolkit. Right. And, and you spoke to it with the caveman experience that you shared. He comes back after chasing a mastodon all day, successful or not, is irrelevant. He's exhausted, he's sweaty, he's dusty. Um, uh, and then suddenly she's throwing the kids at him and asking him a bunch of questions, um, generally out of care and, and love uh, and, and interest. Um, but what he really needs is just a moment to actually come into himself so that he can actually be there but that's not the language that we use or is what we expected you know I, so and you spoke about him getting some kind of trauma experiencing some form of trauma while he's out on the hunt meanwhile she's having her own trauma mm -hmm. will he be coming home can he come home will he come home as one one piece or will i have will i have an injured person to take care of um or one of her best friends just yesterday lost her husband to the mastodon. Uh, so now she's experiencing trauma through her community uh, vicariously and intuitively, which is very emotionally, especially if it's an emotional connection, you know, it, would, it would be as, almost as if she lost her own. Uh, so that, that, that trauma is real uh, for her, just as, just as it is for her friend. Um, and so when that man does come home and then disappoints by not engaging mm -hmm. in the desired way, now that adds another layer of trauma. And this is why there's this term called complex trauma uh, or co complex PTSD, uh, because it's hard, it's so complex. There's so many layers to it. There's so many components to, to what's happening. Um, but because men are not programmed to have that community to share and dilute and, and, and just sort of, you know, give that, we actually don't even know how to actually put that in, into language where uh, for myself, I look at what I know now and what I'm coaching men who are going through this journey themselves is okay, before you even walk through that front door, have a pause. You've driven home, say an hour commute from your, from your work. You've already put in a 14 hour day. You're freaking dead. 
and you know that the kids are sort of going to crawl all over you and just want to be with you because they haven't seen your, your their dad all day long and 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 your wife is 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 going to be you know crawling up your ass um ill-intended Ill or not it could be lovingly intended as well um it, it's it's it would feel it feels like pressure and oh my god i'm not ready for it so it's okay to stop all, on along the along way home and come into your own body and it looks very different for different people some people might go to the pub just don't let it get it carried away some people might you know, um, one of my favorite scenes from a, a, a previous life, um, my neighbor who lived across the street from me would come home and I'd watch him every day do the same thing as my office window looked, looked at him and I could see him do this every day. Um, he'd step out of his car and he'd walk up to a tree right beside the front porch, on the steps up the front porch. And he would do nothing except make this motion of look at the tree, pause, then he would imaginarily take off his jacket and then hang it on the tree. Then he would take an imaginary hat, take it off, put it on this tree. And then he would take an imaginary briefcase and sit it down beside the tree. Then he would stand back and put his hand, hang, hang his head down a little bit. Then he suddenly he would stand up erect, right? And go straight up the stairs on purpose and go through the front door. And one day I had the, uh, finally, after months of watching this, I, I finally had the courage and, and the opportunity to say, I have to ask you, I see you doing this every day. Can you share with me what you're doing? And, I, and he goes, oh, well, I have a very stressful job and I love my kids and I want to be fully present for them. So I, did, I came up with this ritual where I could shed and take off my day and I leave it outside so that they don't experience that version of me. That's beautiful. Right? Uh, it was just boom wow, <laughs> wow. so he literally shed his the conditions from his day so his kids and protected his kids from that version of himself which might have and, and he was it was he was a beautiful father to watch in the neighborhood he was once he got home he was home yeah. you know within minutes he, you know they probably went and had dinner and they come back but he'd be back out and the, he, the kids would be running around and he'd be playing ball and riding bicycles and just, you know, it just, it was just beautiful to watch. And, uh, you know, so, so men can actually find that way to actually get into themselves without having that community. But who teaches us this? Well, and, and yes, indeed, who teaches? And um, I love that. I love that imagery and it can be applied for anybody, for any male or female. Um, and the who teaches in our quest for equality, in our quest for um, masculine and feminine balance or to, to level the playing, the playing scales. And I know you're in Canada, I'm in America. And often when, when women will say, we need rights, this is not fair. I'm like, time takes time. We have only had the right to vote since 1920 something maybe. Um, and before that, child labor laws, like kids were not valued, women were property, like time takes time. We're still in the process of figuring out how to undo thousands of years of role playing. And, in, and the pendulum swung really far the other way. And we have, you know, then it's, women's live and um i can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan and i never let you forget your like women 
became very masculine and it was, yes, we can shatter the glass ceiling and yes, we can do it all. And yes, we can be single moms and yes, we can. And, and even if you weren't a single mom, perhaps you grew up in a household where you had the mom who was the, the power mom yeah. and the dad had been the, or maybe both parents were the power parent and they, maybe they didn't know to take off those, their hat and their briefcase and their superwoman or Superman cape and the kids feel it. And if you grew up in that, in the, you know, in the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, your parents are still trying to figure out, we're still trying to figure out how the balance is. And the result has been most, you know, more than 50% of marriages end in divorce because we can't come the pendulum swings so far one way or the other, we can't come to center. And I love that, that you are recognizing um, the, the, the balance of the divine, the divine masculine has to honor his divine feminine in himself mm-hmm. in order. And the feminine has to balance. We, we, I can't keep coming at the world. Like I love speaking in metaphors masculine and the healer community with me is typically the right hand feminine is your left hand you give with the right assuming that most people are right-handed yep. <laughs> you receive with the left and it's exhausting to have a sword in your right hand and a shield in your left and when both hands are full you can't receive anything else you have to drop one and if i drop the sword Ideally, there is my counterpart, a divine masculine that will pick up that sword for me. And I love the image. I, I love movies. Uh, I love the image of um, that movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Yeah. And, and it's that, like, she is very masculine. He's the cook. He's very, And in the end, they're fighting back to back. Like, they, ha- they are protecting each other's back. And it's and the dance slows down almost in that matrix, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, slow yes, motion. Yes. And it's beautiful because they both are playing to their strengths. And one is more intuitive, one is more logical, and it and and that play shifts. And it's if we're going to ascend as a species, we're going to have to be more in balance with each other we we can't continue to be in subservience property um or in protest to each other we have we have to honor we have to honor both and i applaud you for for bringing your gifts and talents to recognizing the new as we rise into the divine feminine, which is this is supposed to be the era, era of the divine feminine, that doesn't mean that we are all feminazis. And no, we- actually, you know, I could actually maybe add some some insight or some maybe it's just my my thoughts really at the end of the day about this. Um, and it's not just my thoughts; this has come from some pretty significant work by some people I know and have been involved with, but. Regardless of gender assignments, however you want to look at that part of our world nowadays, irrespective of that, biologically we have a man and biologically we have a woman. 
And, but we also have another intersection at play, and that is your divine masculine and your divine feminine. So there is kind of in a very simplistic terms, a way of, of, of creating archetypes or visuals or metaphors uh, or al even allegories um, to understand that there are different kinds of men and different kinds of women. And what drives, a part of what drives that is how we associate and how we naturally are with our divine masculine, divine feminine. Mm -hmm. So we all know the, the big burly, very domineering ruler type man. That, that kind of man is very much a, a man in his masculine. Then there's the kind of exact opposite is you have the woman who is very feminine, who's very, you know, just just you know, very flowy and, and she's powerful in her, in her own way, but she's the exact opposite mm -hmm. to, to that masculine man. So she's a very feminine female. But there's actually another intersection at play which complicates things, and that is a man who is who has a very high expression of divine feminine does not mean anything other than he has a very high expression of nurturing, caring, intuitiveness, um, creativity, all the things that, that the divine feminine brings to us as a human being that shows how we do things uh, and human doing. Uh, but then there's the fourth one, which is actually the very masculine-minded female. And that doesn't necessarily mean tomboy or, or you know, that that end of the spectrum, uh, but in our society and the gender conditioning that we've all experienced might interpret that feminine-minded male or the masculine-minded female as being gay, mm -hmm. lesbian, fluffy, flowery. Possibly, it doesn't mean that at all. It might. It doesn't matter anyway, because at the at the end of the day. It's just somebody who can actually do something. And, and there's a powerful role for those, those two latter archetypes. And that is connecting the, 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 the other two. And if you think of a circle or an oval or even a table, and if everybody's sitting at a side or an end opposite of each other, there's only one very small pinprick of a connection point between that female or feminine female and the masculine male or the or the other two it's only it's only a small point of connection but the line that intersects if you draw an imaginary line is huge between the masculine bonded male and because as a man who's connected with my feminine um, I can understand and relate to men they're not necessarily my people or the, the masculine-minded male, male. They're not necessarily my people and they're not just like me, but I can understand them. I can communicate with them, but I can also communicate with a woman, especially that feminine female, because I share so many qualities with both. Um, my counterpart would be that masculine-minded female. I don't necessarily resonate as deeply with them because again, they're kind of on the other side of the table from me. Mm -hmm. But just knowing that uh, allows me to go, okay, well, I'm, I, if I'm not able to communicate to, let's say, a, a very feminine-minded female, I can go to a friend, a counterpart who is a masculine-minded female and, and, and communicate to her what I'm trying to communicate to the other one. And then she can circle around and come back and finish, finish that 
course of, uh, of communication uh, because she can speak in a different way, in a different language and connect in a very different way. And that's the power of a community. Right. On the men's side of things, it doesn't happen so, so, so easily because the masculine-minded female is now competition. Mm, yeah. And the feminine-minded feminine male is a threat or not understood because you're not like me or something like that. Um, so that does actually translate into the masculine-minded female and feminine-minded male to hiding because we don't really fit into how the world defines men and women. Yes. But there, there is this layer of overlap that actually helps cross those boundaries uh it changes the, the dynamics of gender uh, when when we're aware of that and, and there's a good number of, of both people around uh, we just aren't necessarily you have to actually look for them you have to be aware of it to even look to begin to look for them so hopefully that that helps shed some light on 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 that whole dynamic of masculine and feminine and how it shows up and and really you know in, in yours and my teachings the more that we can get the word out that this divine masculine divine feminine means nothing more than certain ways of acting not ways of being so ways of experiencing the world around us yeah. if you need to get shit done you grab that that masculine hat put that bad boy on you go get her done <laughs> Um, if you need to con connect with people, you need to disconnect from the, all that doing and step into your being, you just take that damn hat off and you shed it and you go for a walk in nature, you grab a book, you grab a, a pen and paper and you write or you draw or you create or you find a way to step into your creativity because that is your pathway into the feminine or the masculine, um, whichever direction you're looking. Um, or whichever direction you're going, uh, is to just don these things and accept them. And so the words that come to my mind as you were talking about some of those, those things that are going on in our life is we step into allowance or allowing. We stepped into into accepting. Yes. I just there are other people that are not like me. I can, I can accept that. Mm -hmm. So how do I work with them? How do I communicate with them? Because I can't talk to them as me. Or how do mm -hmm. I communicate? Yeah. It's not just, not just talk, but communicate. To lead first, see first to understand instead of seeking first to judge. Like, let, yes. me, let, let, me, let, me, let me try to understand. And if I can't understand, then I can understand that I don't understand and I can accept that this is your path and I'm not going to change you, but I can learn from you and I can, I can learn and in learning about you, I'm going to learn a little bit more about myself and the ways that hmm, I may have this going on or the ways that, wow, if I just change my mindset a little bit, my inner relationship, my relationship with myself and my external relationships might be a bit more easy on this human experience <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely and i can share my personal journey in becoming the man i am you know, whatever that looks like to, to other people but me stepping into myself a big part of that was one of my is my youngest child's um is, is trans 
And as a parent and as, as a man, I had to struggle with, with what that meant. Mm-hmm. One thing I knew it was never going to change when, when he vocalized his, or at that point in time, he was, was, was not sure what, it, what was going on. So he referred to himself as they, they, them. Um, just wrapping my head around what that meant and what it would look like. Uh, but I knew that it would, one thing was never going to change. I was not going to stop loving my child. I was not going to disown them because they didn't fit this programming that I was in. This child was mine and, I, and the child chose me as a parent. So it's up to me to actually rise to that occasion and be the best parent. But how? Mm-hmm. Nobody in my world had the ability to help explain to me how to make that journey. So I had to make that journey on my own. And, and, but the journey was of allowance and acceptance. I have to accept that whatever I experienced and whatever I was going to experience down this journey, including the eventual loss of a daughter, um, was that I would also be gaining a son. I would be uh, gaining a new level of connection and I would, and, 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 and allowing them to make their own journey and now his allowing him to make his own journey and we were always very close as father child uh i think we were actually on a whole new level of, of closeness um but there was a period of time where we were not close because at the time she did not know how to vocalize what was going on in her started to saying, okay, I'm not a her, I'm now a them because I don't feel right about this. And, and then at me, I'm going, I, I struggle with, with, with wrapping my tongue around a plural word for a singular person. <laughs> and the habit now of, you know, decades of, of referring to my child as, as a daughter to suddenly not. So having to change my own program and my own coding. And uh, so that's, you know, just throw that in as a little bit of a, as insight of, of, if we look, look at the rest of the world with love and, and, and acceptance and allow people to be who they are supposed to be, it really changes everything. And the word judgment is a powerful word. And it's, it's one that's thrown around in too many ways, but it, it's not just what people think it is. We experience judgment as negative. We experience judgment as, as, a, as a, a very negative thing. Uh, yet it is actually a divine gift. God's spirits that the universe has given us the, the ability to discern what is right for us and what is wrong for us. I love, I love that. I love saying discernment rather than judgment, you know, and yes. they're, they're synonyms. They have the gravity is different. And I love you and I discussed, you have a lot of Libra in your chart and I, and I'm visual. So I think of the Libra, the Libra is the judge often, but the leap, but the judge isn't, it's not, um, oh, I'm judging you heavily on one side. It's the judge seeks for balance. The, right. the judge wants to balance the scales. When you go to court, when we think of a judge or a high counsel, they are trying to find mediation for all sides, for both sides that make it peaceable for the sides to stop being at war with themselves and each other. 
And that's the balance, that's the judgment. And if there is anything that sums this up, this whole conversation of divine masculine and divine feminine, it's how can we discern the nature of our collective, our society, our human, our humanity at this time to balance the scales? What discernment, not judgment, what discernment can we use looking at all parties involved in this in this litigation of the spirit <laughs> to, to balance the scale so we all leave the situation feeling seen and heard and that we got a fair shake. That's, that's yeah. So what can we see? Um, what, are, what can we look forward to as you are building the airplane in flight? What can we look forward to for the, for the community of the unconditional man? Oh, so I, I do have a Facebook group that I'm just just launching. So come join me on there and you get to experience it live. Uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> that's probably you know, an open invitation to to experience me and this movement. And um, uh, and that's a, just a great collective. I'm going to I've not been particularly um, good at, shall we say, self-judgment uh, and being super active uh, on a daily basis. But I, that, that will change as I, as I step fully into myself and, and this role. Um, but there is a Facebook group and I would love to help more community there. Men and women, like um, we, we need each other. We need the masculine feminine balance in balance, as you say. And I'm just, and I just go out there and say this, the world of marketing knows this, every man and especially every woman knows this, uh, the way to a man's heart is through women. Um, <laughs> it's not, it can be the stomach, but it's, it's really, the, it's, it's with women. So if we have a community of women who are there to encourage, support, uh, enlighten, share their stories so that men can actually hear. Mm -hmm. That was my journey. That was my awakening. When I heard my friends' stories and experiences and fill in whatever word blank trauma that they experienced at the hand of my brothers, the shame, the guilt, the, the harm, the, the pain, the agony on both sides, um, I felt all of that. I still feel all of that. That is my driving, my motivation for this movement is, I don't know that we can ever truly eliminate that, but we sure as heck can change it. We can get more men who are hiding out of the shadows. We can get them to stand up and speak up and, and actually put a hand up and block the men who are doing disservice to our rest of the men. And no, you do not speak for me. No, you do not speak. And how you're treating people is not okay. I will no longer be the quiet voice. I will rise and, it, and no longer be the, the lamb. Let's actually you know, step into being our, our lion. And uh, it's a scary journey for men, especially the men who have been hiding all their lives. Um, but that's really, at the end of the day, kind of the, the best visual I can, I can sort of paint for this journey and this experience. And, and we need women. We need we need women to help motivate us. We need women to know that we're being heard, not being you know me too to you know into submission, not being. Uh, I think it's, I don't have anything against the me too, but it did actually get very, very subversive and very oppressive, and um, that's not the kind of stuff that helps. What we need is 
is the women in their in their divine feminine nurturing supporting using all their intuitive powers to help us understand what we need to step into ours well and yes and for in support of men who likewise have suffered at the hands of very um emotionally abusive women who You know, it's not it's not fair for the man to be the one who shows up as I'm not that guy. I'm not going to hurt you this time. But also to understand that men come to the men come to the table with hurts and hangups and negative familiar familial patterns and beliefs and that we all have a lot to balance. And we all have a lot to balance regardless of. We as humans have a lot to balance. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So well, I, I am looking forward to um, seeing more from the Unconditional Man community. I'll put the links. Uh, so if you want to find Curtis, I'll put the links below where you can um, follow him. And um, I want to invite you. I have a book club called the Black Sheep Book Club. And mm. for those of us who... Um, I like to say I'm the rainbow rainbow sheep because I like black. I like, but you know, I'm, I'm multicolored. So yep. um, but the black sheep book club and our, our book in June for father's day um, is, is it the unconditional man? Um, I'll post it in the bottom, but I would love, right. I would love to have you join us. It's not the unconditional man. Um, I, I, have, I haven't written that book yet, so it can't be. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> divine inspiration. Yeah, divine, yes. Well, so fine, one, one book I can suggest, one book I can suggest is uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning. Okay, we'll put that by, Vic, by Victor Frankel. Um, there's, there's lots of good ones. Yeah. Lots, lots of good ones that, that can be out there, but that might be, might be one that's just kind of gives a bit of sense of purpose. Uh, it's been around for a long time, so it's got a, got some history, and, and so research is available from a book club standpoint. And, and yeah. I love that black sheep thing because the, the symbol of a black sheep is actually the the family member, the the, the, the outcast family member that actually incites change. So I, right. I love the imagery behind that. Yeah, there's one book that was uh, thank you. There's one book that um, was was important to me as I stepped into. Um, mothering a son and it was called um, raising cane protecting the emotional well-being of our sons Um, that one was that one was life-changing for me Um, i I, I love that one i love that one that's a good really good one because part of what i do is i actually work with young 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 men um most of them actually all of them are have no father in their lives for one reason or another and because the one thing that uh, even a power mom can't do or a power woman can't, can't do is can't be a man. Right. So I, I take these young guys into my work wood shop. We build things. Um, we will hang out. We'll go for bike rides. We do the, you know, the father son kind of experience, not, you know, there's lots of groups that do this kind of thing, but I, I do it with, from the standpoint of being very trauma-informed mm-hmm. and very knowledgeable and aware of, of what kind of man needs to, sh- to to show up for these young guys. Uh, 
But the fascinating thing about it, in order for me to do that, I'd tap into my feminine. Right. You'd nurture it. Uh, well, it, it's, it, is, it is being a nurturer, but it's actually my intuition that I tap into. Mm. I don't, they don't know what they need. My youngest guy is nine years old. He doesn't know what he needs. He hasn't got a clue. But when we sit around playing a board game or talk about building certain things, one of the things that we connect on is actually making jewelry. <laughs> a very creative thing. But the process of building is a very masculine thing. We have a result. We have a, a very linear process of grab a string, grab a bead, put them together. Eventually, get something. And he's a remarkable young artist uh, with with a craft for that. So, I just share that with with you and your your and your followers because it's really important in this topic of masculine feminine. When a man knows how to tap into his feminine, uh, even in a in a corporate space, magnificent things happen. Mm-hmm absolutely powerful things and some of the women i've worked with coach them to tap into their own feminine and not always be in the masculine uh has been changing for a lot of them as well um and and frankly for them it's more you know what you actually if you if you don't already know this you have my permission to be a woman right (laughs) like like don't don't just put on the high heels and the fancy dress like be a woman like step into that part of yourself um and the, the women that struggle most with it, with doing that because it doesn't feel safe which is there so their default is to stay in their masculine they might dress very very feminine but they are 100 in their masculine yeah. um one of them one of the ones that comes to my mind she's an incredibly brilliant ceo like a masterful leader of, of her organization but she really struggles with dating she really struggles with having relationships she really struggles with where she belongs like she's not a man she's very much a woman but she, she can't be either yeah <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. yeah so it's hard so so these are these are lessons i've learned just as a as an observant man um and i, and I hope that your work and maybe our work together can can bring balance. I think so. Well, and the more we have conversation, yeah. conversation sparks change. Talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper. Tracy Chapman, that's my, we've got a, we've got a whisper a about it. Yeah, whisper that's, to a screen. So. That's a beautiful. Well, we should thank you so much. And thank you. And I can't wait to see the unconditional male community, the unconditional man community um take root and grow and um we'll have another conversation about this this is not the last time so oh i appreciate that thank you so much thank you talk soon heather if you'd like to be a guest on tell the people then contact me at wellhelloheather at gmail.com i'll look forward to talking to you